Chaos Podcast cruises back into your ear holes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> it's Chris, and I'm here with Jordan. What up? What's up, brother? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? First, I want to send a little shout out. Shout out to uh, Rod the Mag, Rodney from the MVP Podcast, who fulfilled his mission. On paying zero attention to the Super Bowl and looking like a genius in doing so as the Super Bowl proved to be one of the worst sporting events in recent memory. Wow. Wow. Uh, of course, we don't believe in foretelling the future, but man, he uh, he hit it on the head. My man, I got to give him props because usually a lot of people always say stuff like that. Like, ah, you know, I ain't going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to. And they right there glued to the TV. No, this man had a whole itinerary of things to do, including with his wife. My man got the brownie points and he he he, he fulfilled what he said he was going to do. He didn't watch a, a second of it. So props to him. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think he would take it as seriously as he did. I thought he would uh, succumb to the pressure. But when you have a well-thought-out plan like he did, I, you know, you can make a success of it. So, shout-out to that man. Um, we could tell the future a little bit if you put events together that lead to other events. But, you know, nothing, <laughs> not that Illuminati-type stuff. But yeah, Rod, um, good looking out, man. You, you missed the terrible Super Bowl. And then, on top of that, you know, I had some legendary parties out here that we discussed. Because the Super Bowl was so boring, we had parties uh, reportedly that turned into card games. Uh, the party I was in turned into discussions with women that caused me to bang my head against the wall when I got home. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's that's an off-air conversation, man, you, Jordan. Oh, all right. It's... <laughs> But yeah, just uh, we said that we would do a recap of the Super Bowl as part of this latest episode of the Legendary Podcast, Legendary Stayouts Podcast. And here's our recap. Okay, on to the next subject. The NBA. <laughs> Dang. I mean, all you need to know is the Super Bowl was bad and the Patriots won and nobody scored points. And it yeah. makes me because once again, the Bears could have won the Super Bowl this year. Moving on. The NBA deadline took place. What'd you say? Sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Absolutely. I don't want to waste any time. You already know how I feel about the Patriots. We can keep on moving. Yeah. So NBA trade deadline this past week had a lot of drama. 
In fact, the NBA kind of bumped the NFL out of the way for the past couple of weeks. Yes, indeed. Yeah, with the big storylines, of course, we discussed in the last episode about Anthony Davis's trade requests. We all know he wanted to go to the Lakers and LeBron and Rich Paul won him in the Lakers. That request went unfulfilled. Yes, and indeed. Davis and LeBron James are stuck in the awkward positions of having to play with teammates that they think aren't good enough. That's what happens. Yeah, when you can't get the job done, now you got pie on your face. Did you see the picture of LeBron James sitting on the uh, on the bench by himself with like three, four seats in between him and the other players? On the same evening that chants were made towards Brandon Ingram, LeBron's going to trade you. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I don't know how, how bad this is going to get. I mean, I've said it all along. And this, again, is another reason why when people talk about the greatest of all time debates, and you say MJ versus LeBron, and this is what I factor in. When LeBron comes to your team or his team, because eventually it's, it, it ends up being his team. Let's just be real. He takes it over. He's the GM, the president, the CEO, whatever. You, 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 you don't get better. You have to fit a, 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 you have to mold your game to what LeBron wants you to do. And when it comes to a young team like the Lakers, you got all that talent in Lonzo and Ingram and Kuzma. Those boys, they haven't reached their, their potential yet. So to have somebody like a LeBron James, who is still one of the best of all time, to come in and and just kind of screw up the chemistry, because in my opinion, that's what's happening. Because that's what he does every single year. You go to Cleveland, you wanted to switch up the, 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 the coach. Black got out of there. You wanted him gone quickly, as you can say his name. Then when you went to Miami, there were some things going on with you and Spolstra. Then, you know, you come to L.A., you wanted Luke Walton gone. Seems like he doesn't like the coaches or the young coaches or whatever. You know, if if you're on the list of things LeBron wants going, it usually happens. And because this didn't pan out and they didn't get the job done and get Anthony Davis in, in, in purple and gold, now you gotta you gotta sit there with, with 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 mud on your face and teammates that are looking at you like, hey, you know, you 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 a snake. You know, we, we don't want to play with you. And you have to pretend that your teammates are good enough. And I'm not going to completely agree with you with the potential of Kuzma and Ingram and Lonzo. Really? I think they have very little growth left. Wow. I think I think Kyle Kuzma is good. Very good basketball player. But I think the okay. way his game is and his, his body type and his style of play, he's not going to get much better than what he is. And Ingram does have potential, but I think at this point he's been through so many ups and downs that he's kind of a basket case right now. And I don't think anybody's going to fix him mentally and emotionally where he can make the connection. He can be a viable part of a, of a good team. You know, no questions asked, but, but the, the, the amazing thing is this, and LeVar's back chirping and making noise about his son who's going to be an average point guard. The amazing thing is this. <laughs> Remember when LeBron went to the Lakers 
And all the LeBron stands tried to prep the situation that, because we all knew that they weren't going to win the championship. So the LeBron stands tried to prep the situation and say, well, you know, the Lakers, they got a terrible team and, you know, LeBron's going to have to bring them up. And, you know, you can't expect to win a championship because they don't have anything right now. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now, now you're supposed to take four of those guys and it's supposed to equal Anthony Davis. You see something disjointed here? Something out of place? Because either they're good and they're worth being traded for Anthony Davis, or they're not. And they're not worth being traded for Anthony Davis. So the Lakers said, well, we'll throw in a couple picks. Oh, you mean the picks that you're going to give us from when LeBron and Anthony Davis are teamed together? Which you're going to be like 26, 27 for the next couple years. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, in my opinion, because when you're looking at, and again, I, I believe Kuzma and Ingram are solid NBA players. Kuzma does have all-star potential. He can be in an all-star game. Yeah. Ingram, yeah. you know, Ingram can be a Chris Middleton type at this point, a Chris Middleton type at best. But... You look at those guys, so you're talking Kuzma, you're talking Ingram, you're talking Lonzo Ball, then you, you wanted to try to cast off your Michael, your Michael Bennett problem. Not Michael Bennett. What's his name? Michael Bennett, right? No. Mm-mm. Why am I spacing? I Something about, uh, 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 it's on the tip of my tongue. I know who you're talking about, though. Beasley, Michael Beasley. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, he's so much of a bum I had spaced. So you're trying to cast <laughs> Okay. You're trying to cast off your Michael Beasley problem because this offer came right after he got in an argument with his coach. So okay. you're trying to have your Michael Beasley problem and your three young guys, Ball, Ingram, and Kuzma, and your two draft picks, which are gonna be like number forty and forty-eight over the next two years. And you're going to offer this and say, give us the third best player in basketball. We know, Jordan, that what moves this league, what moves teams in in the NBA is superstars. We here Mm -hmm. in Chicago are very familiar with having a collection of very good players. And then you go up against a team with a superstar or two or three and you get hammered yeah. because a team full of very good players doesn't go far. Yeah, it doesn't Super- get the job done. A superstar elevates you and takes you to the next level. So if we're going to trade Anthony Davis, if you're New Orleans, you want superstar or superstar potential back. So when you look at what the Lakers were offering, again, Cal Kuzma, great player, very good player, not going to be a superstar, going to be a very solid piece. He's going to be Tobias Harris. We'll get to him later at best, right? So you take a Hmm. Tobias Harris. That's a good, that's a good comparison. I agree with that one. Bounced around the league a little bit, but always been solid and, and elevated to another level this year. A little bit of a late bloomer. Yeah. 
or you have out there, and it's questions whether this is going to happen or not, and I even question it, but the, the prospect is there because now when this offseason takes place, that opens up the field to several different teams who can offer you something. The draft picture will be clarified. Contracts come off the books. There's more flexibility with what you can do as far as a trade to fit salaries in. So let's just say Boston. Let's say Boston, I want Jason Tatum. Because I I believe that Jason Tatum, at his very peak, is a superstar. I believe Jason Tatum can get us places because he has superstar potential. So the question then becomes, do you want three or four pretty good players or one pretty good player, one superstar and some draft picks. Mm. I personally, at this point, looking at the NBA, the way it is right now, I take Mm. the superstar every time. Yeah, you do. I mean, that's the only way you're going to compete in a league full of teams that have more than one superstar on there. But, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, outside of LeBron, who else is really going to get you an Anthony Davis? If you think that way, that's the reason why the Lakers put all those people. I mean, they 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 put everybody on the trade block. Like, it was Kuzma, Zoe. They put Magic Johnson, the cure for cancer on the trade. They put everything up just to get Anthony Davis. And it didn't work. I, I don't see, outside of LeBron, who you would think would be potentially good for you to, to 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 trade for Anthony Davis outside of the 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 uh the uh offer that that the Lakers gave you. But do you I know mean, what GMs you know what GMs are in love with Jordan? Picks? The, exactly. The only thing that GMs love almost as much as superstars are is potential. Unknown potential. Yeah. And the, and the level of of draft picks that the Lakers were offering would not meet that. You're talking about, we give you Anthony Davis. And for the duration that Anthony Davis and LeBron James are teamed up together, even though LeBron may be on the decline, which I believe he is, even for the duration of that time period, chances are they'll still contend in the West. When I say contend, top four pick, top four seed every year, which makes you a very low draft pick. So you're going to give me two picks probably over the next three years while they're teamed up, which means I'm going to have two low draft picks, which is why there may be some credence to the rumor that New Orleans may have wanted a minimum of four picks because then you have to stretch it out at least seven years. Six, seven years from now, the Lakers could be trash again because both of those guys could be gone. Right. Then we get good picks. Boston, on the other hand, although they're good, still own several picks from teams that are mediocre to bad. So, yes, July 1st, when Kyrie comes off the books, those picks will have conveyed, they'll be made, they'll have rights to certain players. But say, hey, give me the rights to these younger, better picks, plus some future situations, and Jason Tatum. So now I have a superstar perhaps another player from the Celtics that's pretty good and potentially another pretty good player that you've drafted wink wink for me. Mhm. Yeah, good point. 
So, I mean, the, the Lakers offer or rumored offers weren't terrible. But when you think about it, when July 1st hits and everything opens up, especially with Kyrie's stuff coming off the books and other players who other teams will be in the field of play for AD, because you might also get a team that says, hey, I'm willing to take a gamble on AD for a year. And they can offer you better than Kuzma, Ball, and Ingram in a young stockpile. And you might be able to kind of get over on somebody who's desperate for a superstar and maybe get a young fella to come in there who's on his way up. Because that's what you're worried about at this point. You've had your seven years with your superstar. You failed to get him to a place where he wants to be. And I don't I don't understand. I, I understand. I understand. The, the disappointment of an Anthony Davis. Right. But I understand too that, that again, we've said this before, Jordan, that Golden State thing came out of nowhere. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. Nobody anticipated that. So they came out of nowhere. It threw some teams off. It's hard to build a team that can beat Golden State because not only is Golden State good, they continue to do things to get better. Yeah. Yeah, that's a well-ran organization. See, there's a lot of things that have to work in order for all of that to come together the way it has. And, you know, you have the chemistry of the teammates. You got the good coach, the good organization. It, it, it all came together. Yeah. I mean, the time, the clock may be ticking on them too with Iggy getting old and, Clay hitting free agency and Durant and Cousins going to be free agents. Yeah. But what yeah. happened? That's ultimately part of what happened to Anthony Davis in New Orleans. You can you can make videos and call it what you want and say this, that, and the third. But that's ultimately what happened. The only team that's come close to putting a scare into the Golden State Warriors are the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Oh man, they 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 look like they're they're trying to rack it up too. They're ramping up. But I mean it's it's not gonna happen this year either for Houston. <laughs> you don't think so, huh? Okay. No, it's not gonna happen. But that you know, that's that's I think New Orleans made a good move holding off because here's the other thing that Lakers deal is gonna be there. In July, too. Yeah. So it's going to be there. It's not going anywhere. We can revisit it. The, the, the Lakers are, are like the uh, the neighborhood jump off that's always there, no matter whether you're with your girl or not. <laughs> She's right. always around. Exactly. At least you still stay on the corner, right? All right. right. I'm going to go holler at her. <laughs> When all else fails. <laughs> right. You can always go back. You can always go back. Well, some other deals that were made uh, in the last few days during the deadline. Tobias Harris. That's the, that's the biggest one to me. Tobias Harris and the the great Boban Marjanovic. <laughs> the great it, Boban. He's, he's one of the greats, man. Dude, I'm sorry. I have to comment on him. That man's legs are going to be the be the death of him. 
He has no muscle, no definition in his calves. He is all top. <laughs> that dude's legs looks like toothpicks. He needs to get in the gym and work out his legs. He's perfectly fine, okay? All right, Bobon whatever. The great Bobon is the third most efficient scorer in NBA history, which makes him the third greatest player. It is Jordan James Bobon. So can I please say what I think everybody else is asking right now in their heads? What have you been smoking lately? <laughs> what? Please I'm, give me some. I'm buying to the Bobon, man. Yeah, if I the see. NBA podcast can have their Lance Stevenson, I want want my Boban. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. Lance is a, a, a way better idea of a player than Boban. I don't, I don't, wh- where did Boban come from? He was he was sculpted by God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, well, we'll see what Boban does to impact the team. When God was creating the perfect teammate, he made Boban. <laughs> Oh, this is insane. <laughs> but let's let's look at that deal, you know, in, in, in all seriousness. So you got now Philly's trying to make themselves a nice big four. Because you got Embiid, Simmons, Butler, and now you have Tobias Harris. How do you what do you feel about that deal? Uh I think that was actually one of the best ones of the trade deadline around this time. Uh I didn't see it coming, but it, it just really strengthens that team. Uh, it was already in a position where you had the 76ers being a, a, um, a championship contender coming out of the East, and uh, they really solidified their team with him. Tobias Harris, like you mentioned earlier, he was a late bloomer. I think that uh, when he went to or when he was playing in Orlando, he was doing a decent job, but uh you could kind of tell that, you know, maybe it, it, it'll take a little bit. And uh, now it seems like he's kind of putting his game together. And uh, that is a very, very good pickup. Another another kind of, I wouldn't say Jimmy Butler type. I, I don't know, maybe. But it, it seems like they they, they they have a very good uh, good starting lineup with him and Redick and, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy and Joel and Ben. That, that, that's a very, very potent lineup. And we were, you know, many were worried about their depth with all these deals they made. And then they picked up some guys off the buyout market and then made some other small deals to even beef up their depth. Uh, they picked up Jonathan Simmons, Markel Fultz. And many are saying the Fultz thing is is over. Uh-oh. Uh, completely. When, I just, when did I, it start? I mean, when he was drafted, number one. Um <laughs> They're saying that thing is over, and then they picked up James Ennis, who's for years has been, to me, a pretty underrated NBA player. He's nothing flashy, nothing spectacular, but he's no. always been a solid solid bench piece on yeah. whatever team he's been on. Yeah, you need those guys. Yeah, glue guys, man. And he replaces right. the guy in Covington that they had, in my opinion. You need a glue guy. Man, imagine if the 76ers still had Covington. Because I, I like Covington. Covington is very, very good to me. Good defender. 3 and D. Probably the best, maybe the best 3 and D player in the league when healthy. Yeah, You I don't mean, think Clay Thompson is a 3 and D I, player? I, I was, I was going to say that, but I don't really consider Clay a 3 and D. 
I think he's yeah. more than that. I think his role is that, but I think he's more okay. than that. Okay. All right. I mean, Otto Porter, Robert Covington, they are pure three and D guys. It's just like, hmm. that's, that's, when I sign you, that's all I want. If I'm, if that's I'm a agency, right. Like in free agency this coming year, people are going to be looking at Clay in the in the terms of him expanding his role beyond that because they know he can. Hmm. You know, I think Clay is just kind of dumbing it down to win, which is admirable. Okay, that's interesting. I, I guess I, I don't I don't want to say I disagree with you because I just I guess I've never looked at it from that angle. Uh, so I mean that 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 seems like it makes a little sense. Yeah, he's filling the slot. I mean, he's he's playing the three and D guy, but I think he can be more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, another uh, low key move. Well, I wouldn't even say low key, but uh, I do like Nico. Nico going to Milwaukee. I was going to bring that up, and and to me, that's the best move of the of the deadline. I really? think. Nico- Milwaukee is going to be more impactful than Tobias to the Sixers because Tobias and Jimmy, you know, you even made the comparison. They're kind of similar. Yeah. And you know what happens when you get a guy similar to Jimmy? Jimmy don't want him around. (laughs) Jimmy starts playing, playing these games. (laughs) And, And props to Elton Brand. He came in and made some moves. He ended officially ended the process because all of that stuff is over. Yeah, that's done. And he, but he's made some moves, man, some shrewd maneuvers in a very short time, and it makes you want to call out another front office. Oh, which we'll do later. Oh yeah, I was about to say, don't 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 let us pass that up. But it's it's you know, Eldon has, has done some things. His his only mistake here, and you can you can only try and leave and leave things you know, to the chance that they are, even though you can kind of see based on past behaviors and patterns, what's going to happen. They, right. they envision this big Ford in Philadelphia with those four guys, Simmons and Bede, Butler and Harris, but for all intents and purposes, we know Jimmy's leaving. Jimmy is not going to stay there and potentially be a, a three, a option. <laughs> Where's he going to go? To where somewhere where he can be disgruntled and be the number two option at worst. So, uh, Greece, Athens, Clippers. <laughs> yeah, okay. Goodness gracious. Look for Jimmy and Kawhi to be Clippers next year. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't see that, but wow. Okay. Yeah, look for that. Because that's basically what the Clippers did. The Clippers were in the running for a low seed in the West, and they were like, yeah, we're not trying to lose draft status and get smashed by the Warriors. Let's go ahead and wave that white flag and fall back into the lottery and have money for two, as Jerry Cross would call it, a big boat. Uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> two max guys who can yeah. come in, make a difference, and 
hopefully, because we'll have just as much chance as anybody else who finishes from 4 to 14. Maybe we'll bump up into that fourth spot or third spot and get a Ja Moran or a other hey, man. guy. Hey, 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 do not lose hope on the process. I hope we can still take a chance with Zion Williamson. All right, let's let's not let's not let's not lose out. Talking about the Clippers here. Oh, so. sorry. In my mind, goodness gracious, my mind thought about the Bulls. We'll get to the Bulls because the Bulls are going to end up drafting fifth. So, oh god. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just a little Cam Reddish, a little Louis Rui Hashimura. Don't stop saying Rui Hashimura. You've been saying that name for the longest. He's not coming here. He's a Bulls player. He's no, perfect. No, don't you they don't make, you curse me like that, man. They're gonna try to make him play small forward. Oh god. Are there any um, are there any aged Chicago basketball players out there that the Bulls can sign? Aged Chicago basketball players? Aged or Washington? Like, like like players that used to play for the Bulls? Players from Chicago. So you need a Chicago guy. Every Bulls, every Bulls team, every Bulls season needs to start with a Chicago guy on the roster. That's well, how you, you already know who I want to come back. But he's not going to be there because he's going to be of use. So you need a guy <laughs> who's going to be potentially useless from Chicago <laughs> to play for the Bulls. <laughs> potentially useless. Goodness gracious. Why this is our not, standing so not a knock against, This is not a knock against D-Wade or Jabari or anything. Because, you know, as you saw as the season progressed, Jabari played well. Dwayne Wade had his had a moment here in Chicago. Um, but he was utterly, he was potentially useless. And, and Jabari just, he didn't fit here. The only thing that fit was the the money in his pocket. But you need a Chicago guy. You got, you got to do it. That's how you right. keep the fans interested. That's how you get the people going. <sighs> yeah. We'll get to the Bulls. I don't Let's know. finish with trade deadline talk. We'll get to the Bulls. So, yeah, I think Nico fits in Milwaukee. He's a perfect fit because you have Giannis who can do everything but make threes. And, I mean, he's a little better at that, but it's still not, you know, I, I wouldn't let that be his go-to. Um, but he's doing everything but making the threes. And he's penetrating and he's diving to the basket and he's drawing all this attention. And Nico just has to stand out there and play pop a shot. You know, do a, a one dribble step in or something like that. Nico just has to do Nico things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that uh I think that, no, I'm saying I I think that the Milwaukee Bucks are kind of wising up to what's needed around Giannis. Giannis is not a three-point shooter. Giannis is not a shooter. Uh, I think his jump shot has improved, but we all know what Giannis is good at. The man has length, crazy length. He attacks the basket. He can he can dunk over you. Uh, he's very long, so he takes advantage of all those skills. 
And so you need players around him that are going to be able to put the ball in the basket from the perimeter. And uh, I think that that was smart on their part to notice, you know, this is what's going to work. This is what has been working for the last couple of years with Milwaukee. And uh, uh, like I said, that, 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 that definitely fills a need for them. Uh, I can see why you think that that's a better trade or better deal than the one for Tobias Harris. I just think still overall it'll come down to Philly or or Milwaukee or Philly coming out of the East. I think Boston slowly is kind of having their window closed just a little bit. And and I don't mean it like they're horrible now or they, they have old play. No, I just think that so many teams are getting better in the East that if they don't keep up and if uh you know, Danny Ainge doesn't do anything big or drastic within the next year. They may slide down a few slots, you know, in 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 uh in the in being a contender. The problem with Boston is they have eight guys playing the same position, and they're trying to give all of them minutes. There you go. So mm-hmm. you know, Jason Tatum doesn't flourish like he should be doing. Uh, Brown isn't isn't getting the time he needs to be getting. You're still exactly. trying to force Gordon Hayward because you're paying him, and he's going to need time and and playing time to get back to anywhere close to the close to his form. I think yep. he's still you know suffering some of the the drawbacks of a gruesome injury last year. Uh, it's going to take him at least a year to get back. But these are the things that are going on with Boston and and. Honestly, a couple of those guys just got to go. And that's, I mean, I'm pretty sure they don't want Tatum to go, but he may be the one to have to go for Anthony Davis. Yeah. Let's yeah. also not underestimate Toronto because the move they made was grab mm. Marcus Soule for Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, mm-hmm. and other guy in there or something. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't know the other guy. Inconsequential Jones or somebody. Um, <laughs> That's horrible. So, so basically what Mark Gasol is, is um, refined Jonas. And he's going there with Kawhi. So he and, and Cal, so he can be their guy kind of. You know, play a role. Play a role. Yeah. The East is really beefed up. It's really beefed up. And LeBron says because he's gone, that's why everybody thinks they can win the East. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Whatever. No comment. I don't think that even applies. I'm gonna say you left the East just in time, but exactly, yeah, you knew what you were doing. You know, good and well, you wouldn't be as big of a factor in Cleveland when you got Boston and Philly and Milwaukee uh, uh, hunting you down, and then also Indiana. You know, right before Oladipo went down was also a factor. So stop it. Yeah, yeah, they were they were nipping they were nipping at the heels. So, I mean that that ran its course, and then I don't think, I don't think Cleveland, to the credit of LeBron, Cleveland wouldn't have made Kevin Love sit out 
with the flu for four months. So, mm. and he's back. <laughs> he's back. He didn't get traded. They see mm-hmm. him as they see him as part of the rebuild in Cleveland. Although I must give Cleveland props because Cleveland went out during this season. They've made several trades over the past few weeks, and Cleveland has yeah. comp- six draft picks over the past couple of weeks, truly positioning themselves for the future. Two first rounders, one this year, one next year, several second rounders. So they're trying to make moves to build their cache of talent. Yeah. But I think that the three front runners in the East all kind of counterpunched each other, and we'll see what happens when they fight it out. Boston didn't do anything. We'll see if they, they're still in there. I think they're still in the top four of the East. But it should be very interesting in the East to see what transpires as the season comes to a close. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. It's going to be fun. It 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 brings some excitement back to the East. I, I haven't been as excited as I am currently outside of you know whatever the Bulls are trying to do, as I am now with just the overall condition of the East. Usually, the East has always been a step or two behind the West, and just you know uh, talent and things of that nature. But uh, it seems like it's evening out a little bit more. Yeah. One other deal that was made near the trade deadline. Come on, get it out, get it out. Come on. The Chicago Bulls trade Bobby <laughs> Portis. Bobby P, baby, Bobby P. Bobby P and Jabari Parker to the Washington Wizards for Otto Porter. Part of the reason for which this trade took place, as mentioned by both John Paxson and Gar Foreman, is that the Bulls knew they weren't going to be a player in free agency this coming summer. And they feel like this was their splash. You got a new, some fresh blood in there, a guy that they like, that they scouted years ago. That they mm-hmm. wanted years ago. Right. You know right. the script. It's the same for every trade. We like the same rhetoric. And now we're able to get them. We're yeah. real. Yeah. Disclaimer. The words that are about to be said by both members of the Stay Oz podcast are in no way, form, or fashion a slight or an affront to Otto Porter. Disclaimer over. why Chicago Bulls aren't you going to be a factor in 2019 free agency why aren't you what in the world was all of this quote unquote cap flexibility all about you've bragged and bragged and bragged for years about cap flexibility. What is it for? Is it so you can trade for mediocre basketball players? Middle of the road guys? Everybody in the world, even the lowly New York Knicks, who 
reasonably speaking, had less talent than you. Yeah. Is positioning themselves for 2019 free agency. This is arguably the best free agency period since 2010. The biggest offseason since 2010. That's a good point. And you're going to bow out gracefully? You didn't know this was coming? When you've gotten to the point where you don't feel like you can sell your number three market team, the team that Michael Jordan played for, great summer city of Chicago. Yeah, nobody wants to be here in the winter. But guess what? New York is trash in the winter, too. They get snow. They get cold. (laughs) But yet and still, with less of a basketball legacy than the Bulls, let's be real about it. They go out and they prepare themselves for the biggest free agency summer in a decade. In a decade. And you didn't hear boo about cap flexibility any of this whole time. In fact, the Knicks were capped out for years. Yeah. Somehow, some way, they were able to open up flexibility for two spots. And that wasn't their rhetoric. There wasn't their, their company line that they dropped at every press conference. Just right. at the right time, they were able to do it. And they believe they're a contender. But you're telling me in a press conference, we don't believe we can convince any of these players to come to Chicago. We've tried before and failed. So why? Why would an organization believe that a general manager and a vice president of basketball operations who firmly believe in their heads that they lack the ability to draw free agents? Why would they continue to keep them employed? It's baffling. It's baffling. Chris, you already know what the issue is here. I mean, we've talked at length about what's been going on with the front office for years. And, you know, John Paxson is now on defense mode. He's building a wall up every time he gets questioned. I've listened to a, a, a number of radio shows recently that have had him on to ask the, 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 the meat and potatoes type questions that everybody keeps avoiding. And as soon as it gets brought up, you know, what's going on? Why is it that there's so many rebuilds? Oh, well, well, there, there, there isn't really a whole lot of rebuilds. If you remember when we first came in, you know, we really weren't part of the first rebuild. That was just kind of how it was when we first got here. So we had to kind of rebuild from that rebuild and then build all over. And then when Derrick Rose got hurt, you know, that kind of messed everything up. And then we had to rebuild from that. And then, you know, we talked about getting younger and faster and more athletic. But you, you you get older and slower and more elderly when you bring in Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo, which, by the way, it put butts in seats because you got tickets and you, you got attendance and you got the team that, you know, they went to the playoffs. So, so, so congratulations with that. But you're not really doing anything to better this team. Now, I will say this, though. Otto Porter, in my opinion, in my opinion, is a very good player. And he feels a need that actually they might have stumbled into getting. I I think that he's a Jimmy Butler type without the ego, without all the stress, 
the 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 hype, the Hollywood attitude. And so I think that even in his first game, with a higher salary, yeah, which which is which you know that's that's bad. But if he can do what he's supposed to be doing, and you can you you kind of saw it in the first game, sharpshooter, dead eye shooter. He he messed well with the with the with the game. Even though I I still don't like the fact that they won. You know I, I I really ultimately would like for them to be in the best position to get Zion. I think that he was good for the team. You know with Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker going to Washington, that was bad as far as Bobby goes. I didn't want Bobby Portis to leave because they claimed that 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 is the closest thing to the the type of player that the Chicago Bulls are all about. And yet you let him leave. And he was sideswiped. He was shocked that he was he was traded. But if this team is truly going to get better, what is your plan? Stop talking about, oh, well, this is the reason why this happened. And that's the re- at some point, you got to point the finger at yourself. And because there's so much loyalty at the top with this organization and who, who it's ran by, there is no 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 nobody that feels like you, you you got a gun to your head there's nobody that feels like their their job is on the line because everybody is buddy buddy at the top and nobody truly cares about changing the 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 uh the direction of this team because the reputation is all oh, chicago bulls they're they're world they're worldwide they're known universally internationally the bulls are known because of jordan and the history of the bulls so you can ride on that coattail for as long as possible because even if we complain, people are still coming to games. People are still buying tickets, season passes, and still filling the stadium and looking at a bad bad uh, 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 team play. So there's not going to be any changes until there is. Michael Reinsdorf has to see that. Jerry has to see that. John Paxson has to see that. And and I'm not even going to mention Gar because Gar doesn't matter to me, but something has to change, and and it's I don't see it happening anytime soon. We may be fortunate and get into this this top three, you know, and and hopefully get a a, 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 a generational talent. But if we go back down and like you said, the fifth, sixth, seventh spot, it's going to be more of the same. What did the Clippers get back for Tobias Harris? Let's see. Because I know I, I... Tobias Harris. So the Clippers traded Tobias Harris, Boban, and Mike Scott to the Sixers. They got back Landry Shamit, Wilson Chandler, Muscala, a 2020 first-round pick, 2021 unprotected first-round pick from Miami, and two second-round picks from Detroit. Bulls couldn't go get Tobias Harris. Couldn't get maybe him. Tobias didn't want to be here. Maybe they didn't even maybe the look. Here's what I think too. The Bulls are are the laughing stock of the NBA. Everybody knows the 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 uh what's going on here. Everybody knows what's going on here. It's not it's not a mystery. Players probably talk about it. Past players, Dwayne Wade, you know, probably has said what he has to say. You know, they, they, everybody sees what kind of coaching carousel is going on here, too. So I'm not surprised that they didn't get in on the Tobias Harris talks. Perhaps that wasn't even something that the Clippers wanted to do because maybe they didn't want anything that the Bulls were offering. Or maybe they didn't even think that, okay, whatever the Bulls have, we don't want that anyway. I, I 
I don't know. That's all assumption. That's all my 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 guess. But hey, it's 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 the constant overvaluing of your own prospects, the constant ineptitude when it comes to making moves. Why there has to be a reason that either you can't make these moves. Do people not trust you? Because if you can't be trusted as a general, nobody trusts Danny Ainge, but yet he still makes moves. Everybody's scared to trade with the Celtics because Danny Ainge has come out on top in every trade. And yet the Celtics, for the most part, can still make necessary moves. They didn't do anything this year, but that's been the word on Ainge for years. Somehow Ainge is kind of snakish and he always comes out on top in his moves. Much like how he played. (laughs) Yeah. But. Yet and still, the Celtics make moves. He bounce, helped them to bounce back very quickly. Why is it that you're always stuck in this mire? And because you get to hit the reset button at will and throw around the flag of, well, you know, Derrick Rose, you know, that, that set us back. Whatever. You know, Derrick Rose was hurt eight years ago. Before the Nets fiasco. Before that. Nets are back. Yep. The Miami Heat have lost Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosch. And yet they've managed to stay afloat. Wade's back, but they've managed to stay afloat. Why? Why? And then you go on the radio, and you, I know you, you referenced it, and we're talking yeah. about the same, same radio interviews, and all you, you want to get, get sassy and spicy and all huffy-puffy because <laughs> people want to hold your foot to the fire a little bit. <laughs> oh, this is like an interrogation. Answer the question, why is it, why are you waving the, the white flag on free agency? Why is it you feel like you can't improve? What did you get cap flexibility for? If you're just going to go and get a middle-of-the-road small forward, by all accounts, by his track record, who was overpaid a couple years ago. <sighs> Why? That was, the, that was part of the interview on 670. And he took, he took a little offense to it. Well, well, the media, and he wants people to cite specific examples, and yet he cannot cite one specific example of anything they've utterly done successfully. Then Mark Spears comes on AM 1000 in the Chicagoland area. And when asked about what is the national opinion of the Bulls around the NBA and NBA media. Yeah. And he says, you know what? Garrett's popcorn is really good. <laughs> I remember that. He, t- he talked about everything outside of answering the question. And he said the reason he's done that is because no one has anything good to say about the Bulls. You are the, you're the laughing stock of the NBA. You've surpassed the Knicks because now that people are looking at the Knicks like, hmm, they might something. get some, they might get some stars. Yeah, something's brewing. Yeah. So you surpassed the Knicks because amongst the players and the media and other 
owners and general managers, the people that you are, we have a good relationship with this agent that you have a good relationship with agents who don't have power players with them because apparently you don't because they're not getting them to come here. The agents yeah. that you're cool and, and fine with and got great relationships with you, you're buddy, buddy with these guys, but their, their clients must all be like f- fringe players in the league. It does you no good to be great friends with Shaq Harrison's agent. (laughs) And the thing is, is, yeah, you don't see it because there's butts in the seats. There's a season ticket waiting list. You're sold out every night. Yeah. People are watching you on TV. People are coming to watch you. I'm sorry. I know I do a sports podcast and it's partially my responsibility to be educated, knowledgeable as we go on these airwaves. And the same is true of anybody who's doing a sports podcast. And there are times as a disclaimer to us, there are times when we're not completely accurate with our facts. Sometimes we might miss something here or there, but I'm going to be honest with you. I do not watch bulls games. No, I check the YouTube highlights and I keep it moving. I don't. I don't YouTube look forward to watching those games. YouTube highlights, box scores, read reports, read recaps. You know, it's. I can't. And then you have a coach here. I guess he's your tank commander. The only reason Boylan is still here better be because you think he's going to coach you. Terrible record. Any other but, reason for Boylan to be here? I'm not trying to hear. Well, as of right now, bro, the speculation is that he's going to be here for an extension. He's going to be here for a a, a period of time. Tank or no tank. So we'll we'll see if that rings true. But to to trade for Otto Porter and, and dangle him in front of the fans and say, hey, here's your 2019 free agent pickup. Effectively. (laughs) Shiny new toy. That should not be acceptable. But it is. That should not be acceptable. It is. Nobody's revolting, Chris. Nobody is revolting. You put up signs about firing guard packs. Everybody complains. We talk about it on here. We hear it on other, other, other media outlets. And you hear fans talk about it. They commented on, on, on pages and stuff. But there's no change. People are still going to games. People are still giving money to the Bulls organization. Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't care to make changes. Michael Reinsdorf, I would have thought, would have came in with a different perspective on things from what I heard. He has a different mentality. But the name of the game is, again, loyalty. Loyalty to those who have continued to get this wrong. And as much as I like John Paxson, as a player, what he did in the past for the Bulls, his epic shot, what he means to the to the team, it, it still doesn't give an excuse to, well, just run this team any into the ground any old kind of way and then come up with a reason and a lame excuse as to why this didn't work and that didn't work. And you know, this is our goal. And what is your what is your outlook for the team? Well, well, you know, we we really we really aren't in a re- rebuilding phase. You've been doing this for X amount of years now, and it seems like it's just in and out, in and out. If you really, really, really wanted to work on this team, 
in my opinion, you would have kept Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis is, like we just talked about, is a piece that isn't ever going to be a superstar or maybe even all-star. But he is a necessity on a team that is being built to win and to last. Bobby Portis is a very good bench player. Very good bench player. And he, he, he epitomizes, he defines what type of player you want on your squad. That, that's fine, Jordan. I mean, the Bobby Portis thing, take it or leave it. Bobby was a, a good part of this team. The team, the, the guys loved him. He loved being a Chicago Bull. I mean, that's, that's fine. Take it or leave it. But even, even okay, you keep Bobby Portis, but you're still thinking small potatoes. You're still thinking small potatoes. And the problem is, is when you're in a town and you have things like this going on in your basketball organization, you've now programmed your fan base to think small. And no, 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 no. Let me explain exactly what I mean when I say that. Yes, if if this was the first year of a re, of a legitimate rebuild, if I was at the head of the this this whole tank ride, and this was the first year of a legitimate rebuild, what I mean is, yeah, you needed to play like Bobby Portis. And th- what, what year is this in this rebuild of, or of 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 constant mixing and matching players and letting players go that that don't mesh and that all this other this like four, five, six years in by this time. It should have been a better product on the floor. I should have already gotten my coach that I know is going to take us to the next level. Should have already looked at 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 at, at switching out the the, the development uh, 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 or the the people who who are uh, scouting development and scouting talent, like a guard. All those things would have been turned around by now. That's why this is going on the way it's going on. I'm not thinking small. I'm saying those are the pieces that you need at the start of a rebuild. And by now, it should have been needless, for lack of a better way of saying, should, we should have had a better product already. Yeah, it should have manifested by now. And you're right. You're spot on. I'm thinking the same thing. You, you should have gone out and started making these moves a year or two ago. And now as we approach 2019, you have some things in place, in line, cultured, uh, growing, and you say, hey, Kevin, Kevin Durant, come here. Paul George, Clay Thompson, come here. Otto Porter. Now, considering all things for this team, looking at the team as presently constructed, Otto Porter fits very well, very well. But I'm sorry, man. We're we're looking for fits for a team that's not even a playoff team. If Zion gets drafted, Otto Porter's an afterthought, a $25 million afterthought. If RJ Barrett gets drafted, I'm sorry. Zion is a I mean, if RJ gets drafted, Porter again is a $25 million afterthought. So you think the only thing that might work is if we get John Morant? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not doing any of this for for Otto Porter's sake. Mm. I'm not saying that. You get a shot at Zion or RJ, you go get it. If Zion or RJ... Uh, are in a, in a, uh, if we're if we're in a position to draft one of those, I would still put Otto Porter in the starting lineup and just let that let that 
kind of simmer a little bit and see how that works out. I see. I, as a Bulls fan, I want the Zion thing, but also as a Bulls fan, I don't want the Zion thing because you know what's going to happen when Zion get, if Zion gets drafted here. <laughs> Butts in seats, Jordan. Butts in seats. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of spectators. And the Bulls are going to waste Zion the same way or worse than New Orleans has wasted Anthony Davis. Because it'll be worse because you're in the East. There's no there's no team of monsters setting up to, to roadblock you for the next five to six years. You got Toronto, who's fragile because with the with the sign of a pen, their best player could be gone in a year. Yeah. Milwaukee, Giannis is there, and they got some pieces around him, but that's fragile. We know what, even though nobody else figures it, we know what Jimmy Butler's all about. That big four may not transpire. We got to wait and see what Boston's going to do because it seems like something's brewing with Kyrie. What's to come of New York? I mean, there's a lot of question marks in the East, and this is a wide open situation for you to take advantage of. You have wasted have wasted the most wide-open period in the Eastern Conference in years. Because you told us you wanted cap flexibility. And all this talk of cap flexibility and, and compiling assets and a core, and it's built up to we traded for Otto Porter. Again, I have no beef with Otto Porter. He fits well, solid basketball player. I like his fit here. But what I don't like is the idea that all of this buildup was for Otto Porter. And now you're saying, well, we don't anticipate ourselves being a factor in free agency. Why not? Because you're rebuilding? Yeah. So you mean to tell me in the middle of a rebuild and you got Zach Levine and as you say, Bobby Portis and Lowry Markin and Wendell Carter, you're in the middle of a rebuild. You mean to tell me if you drop Kawhi Leonard in the middle of that, we're not talking about maybe going to a title, to a championship round, winning the East? You drop yeah. Kevin Durant in the middle of that, you're talking about maybe not winning the East? You drop Paul George in there, you're not talking about maybe winning the East? Don't yeah. don't feed don't feed that to your fan base. Don't feed that to your fan base. I don't care how cold it gets in Chicago. I don't care how much snow Chicago gets. It's not the weather. It's not the snow. It's not the crime. Maybe the taxes a little bit. But guess what? When they tried to incur this athlete tax, you know what you should have done, Chicago Bulls? You should have been on the front lines fighting against it. but not to get political, just for the sake of your team. Yeah, yeah. Because now you got another excuse. Well, you know, we couldn't... Players oh are going goodness. to places... Players are going to places where there's taxes. This is Chicago. 
and we mentioned in a previous podcast, you know, your your brand isn't completely location based anymore, but yeah, it can't no. hurt. It can't hurt to be in the third biggest media market. It can't hurt to be in a town like Chicago, where if you win the slightest little thing, you're held in reverence for the rest of your life. Derrick Rose got us five games in the Eastern Conference Finals, and he is worshipped by half the Bulls fans. That's right. That is right. <laughs> Sammy Sosa got you nowhere, and people are ignoring his skin pigment and his steroids and his fake bat and saying, why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Slamming Sammy, baby. Go Cubs, go. <laughs> Frank Thomas, one of the greatest right-hand hitters I've ever seen, is held in reverence by right. the fan base for White Sox fans here. Big hurt. Mike Dick, I mean, it, you have a golden ticket in Chicago. Yeah. If you do a little bit, a little yeah. bit. Jeremy Roenick, Chris Chelios, all them dudes. Yes. So they love their sports teams. It's so romanticized here. Yeah. Yeah, this is a sports town. But man, we always we are always going off into a tangent when we talk about the Bulls, man. Always. It 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 never fails, man. <laughs> oh god. Just and get it together. You're sensitive going on these radio shows. Well, why am I being asked these tough questions? What do you think happens to organizations that majority of the time are failing. You think yeah. you're going to get softballs? Oh, they can put in the spotlight. You got to ask the tough questions. This has been going on for too long. Yeah. And I hope that it, 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 it moves them to act. I hope that because they're being annoyed and they're being prodded more, that this moves them to act like never before. Like continue media to to doubt dog them with questions, the real questions, the hard hitting questions, not that soft stuff. They don't care, man. They're in a bubble. Had they the not fallen bubble. backwards into Derrick Rose, do you realize how bad this really would have been? Yeah, and we already know that was a setup. I'm not going to even say anything else. I already know that that was a setup. It was. It was. It was. Set up that way. I, I, I'm sorry. I can't believe anything else. So, yes, I, I do think that if that never came to fruition, that, yeah, th these bulls would have been horrible ever since Mike left. They'd have been throwing that that Kirk Heinrich, uh, uh, Eddie Curry team in our face constantly. <laughs> the baby bulls. You know, we challenged the championship heat back in 04. Yeah, baby bulls. Wow. That would have been that would have been their laurel that they rested on. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens when you make money and you don't have anybody threatening your job. These other organizations, man, they're agile. They move. They roll with the punches. When a tragedy hits or when something goes down, they go to Plan B. They're still talking about Derrick Rose's knee being hurt. <sighs> this man has been on three teams since. He's on the fringes of being an all-star at another organization, and you're still complaining about his knee. He's not even talking about his knee. Yeah. 
right. It's tiring. And I, I can't tell people what to do with their time and their money. I can't. But that's the only way, apparently, that's the only way you can affect this team is through time and money. Stop giving it away to for a product that they don't care. They don't. The Bulls are a cash cow. They're printing money. Go on the Bulls website and look at the Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan jerseys. Go inside the United Center and see the Michael Jordan statue, the Scottie Pippen statue, the bust. They're they're making money off the backs of previous greatness, and they've accomplished nothing except falling backward into Derrick Rose, falling backward into a phenom, and they're waiting to fall backwards into another one. Okay, 2010 was rigged. LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, you say they were going to play together regardless. Okay, I'll give you that. But what other things have you done? What other agility have you shown to so, so that you can bounce back? What other smart maneuvers have you made? All these trades you've made to acquire cash considerations, you haven't gained not one first-round draft pick. You haven't moved any of these second-round picks, which you don't even value. You don't even value. They're all throw-ins for you. You haven't even moved those yeah. to get anything. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to the positive side of the podcast. We're not getting back to the positive side because now we have to talk about some of the players that you do want to play here, but they say idiotic things. <laughs> like who, Chris? Like LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Ah. The ever-emotional Kevin Durant popped off on the media for constantly asking him questions about his free agency. Now, I'll say this. Kevin Durant is right and wrong. <laughs> Kevin right. Durant, part of your job is to answer questions from the media. It's actually in the bylaws of the NBA. So, yes, it is your job to answer questions. One way that you can handle this is this. During media day, you say, hey, any questions you have regarding my impending free agency have to wait until after the season. I will not, for the duration of the season, be answering any questions regarding my impending free agency as it will be a distraction to my ball club. Yeah. Established that early. Didn't say that. Yeah, that was well said, Chris. It was almost like you practiced that for an interview. Oh, no. That came off the top of my head. The second <laughs> thing, which shows you that it can probably come off the top of the head of somebody who went to the University of Texas. The second thing that you can do is... How about we stop doing these one-year contracts? Now, I know you want power over your situation. True. What's the old saying about power, Jordan? With great power... Comes great responsibility, sir. Yes. So, since you want power over your situation, it won't be free of the other things that come with it. So, yes... You have the flexibility to get up and go after every season all you want. 
But you yeah. have to deal with the things that come with a constantly impending free agency. You're constantly about to be a free agent. So it's constantly going to be an issue. So you're going to get constant questions. Makes sense? Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Anything to add, Jordan? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that KD, you know, on one end, I can see, you know, he's being a baby. You know, you kind of should expect this. This comes with the territory. When you're an athlete uh, and in a sport, that comes with it. The media, the questions, the social exposure, you know, wondering what you're going to do next, what's your next move. Uh, but also, on top of that, when you're a star in your sport, not just a regular person, because nobody's, nobody's trying to go after Shaq Harrison or uh, uh, anybody of that nature, anybody of that level of, of, of talent. But when you're a top five player in the NBA, you should expect to constantly be questioned and hammered. Um, KD, I agree. I think that, that he, sh- he should have come out with something you know, to that effect, saying, you know, I won't answer any questions regarding that impending trade or whatever the case may be, because it will be a distraction to the team. What do you think he's going to answer? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what other teams might want my services, and I think I might want to go to New York or wherever, you know, in the offseason. That, that is not smart. It's not good business. Uh, but, of course, you should know that it's the media's job to try and get some things out of you. Now you just got to play the, the cat and mouse game by saying, well, I'm not going to address that at this time. You know, this is something that will will probably be down the road, you know, after the season's over. I'm just trying to focus on helping this team get to another championship and building our dynasty here. I'm a go-to-state warrior. You know, that that that's what you do. Now, admittedly, I also see his side of it. Chris, whenever you are constantly asked the same thing, it's like that kid that keeps nagging at you. Well, maybe you're a parent, and, and I'm pretty sure you've experienced this. I'm not a father. I'm a husband, but not a father, so I don't have my kids my own. But I'm pretty sure you've experienced where your kid has asked something of you. And you might say, yeah, 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 okay, well, this is how you do it. Oh, go, go, go somewhere. Uh, you know, Go play with your toy. And then they keep coming back. And they keep coming back and tugging on your shirt or poking you or asking you, Dad, what is this? Dad, what is this? Dad, what? Dad, Dad, shut up! You know, (laughs) at a certain point, there's a boiling point. So I think media, they ask the same questions in different forms. And it becomes routine. It becomes just rhetoric. It's over and over and over. So it sounds like a nag. It, 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 It gets very, very dry quickly. And that's why a lot of people like him, like Russell Westbrook, like you remember how Marshawn Lynch used to treat the media that they I'm just, they just have yeah, right. You know, and that, that right there, that was his way of acting like, hey, you want me to say something? OK, I'm going to say something, but it ain't going to be an actual answer to the question. I'm just going to say, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Man, that was you're right. You're right. Like, <laughs> and he made it funny. It was funny. I, I thought it was hilarious, but just. Play along. You're getting paid life-changing money. You're at the top of your game. You're you're exposed to all these things. Like, just play along. You know what you're supposed to be doing. Just do it. I mean, you can't control every aspect of your life, especially the aspects that involve other people. 
like I said, I, I understand the Kate I, part of him is right. And like you said, he, he shouldn't be asked this and be rated constantly. But there's also ways you can head that off at the pass. The other thing that was said was by LeBron James. And let me just see if I can find it so that we don't uh don't want to misquote the king. <laughs> don't want to be like the media and <laughs> leave anything out. Right. You don't, don't, don't want to do that. You know? You know, that's funny, actually. While you're looking at I, 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 I that just made me think about when they interviewed James Harden, when Kobe gave those comments on, you know, thinking that the Rockets, their, 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 their play style, the way they're playing right now isn't conducive to winning a championship. And they tried to pry James Harden into kind of going at Kobe's head. And yet they left out the other part of what Kobe was saying. They say he even admitted he said right now, as the Houston Rockets are, they're not a full roster. They don't have a full team. So you can't expect them to play the way they're supposed to really be playing. That'll get them to the championship. So James Harden has to be a ball dominant player. He has to be this. He has to be that. And the way the media made it seem, it was like, oh, uh, Kobe is trying to dog you guys. He's trying to say that, you know, you all aren't aren't ready for a championship run. You all aren't championship worthy. The way you're playing is not going to get you anywhere. That's not what he said. And I thought James Harden handled it very maturely, very well. I saw a side of James Harden that I didn't see before, which was, hey, keep your composure, answer the question, and 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 slide past that. So James, I didn't I didn't catch that. James Harden responded to uh the Kobe Supposed criticism when he was the Tracy McGrady interview. Yeah, very very mature response. It it it, it, because it was it was it was explained to him in a way where you know Kobe is saying these things about your team, and it it was obviously presented to James in a way where they wanted to get a reaction out of him, and you know anybody that was that didn't really think or put too much thought into the question, probably would have reacted negatively. Like, oh, well, Kobe's old. Kobe, this is Kobe's from the past. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, I I, I, I do what I got to do for the, you know, any immature response could have been made. But James Harden, he thought about it. And you could tell that that was something that maybe he expected. And, and everybody knows by now the media, they, they, they like, you know, mixing and matching their words to make it sound worse than what it is uh, when they're quoting somebody. So, uh, I just thought he handled it very, very professionally, very maturely. Uh, shout out to him for that. And uh, Kobe, you know, he was right in the way he said it. He said, you know, the full statement was right now, the way their their style is, it's not going to win them a championship. But James Harden has to do what he has to do. And he's he's doing historic things with, you know, all these points that he's scoring. But, you know, you don't have a full roster. You don't have CP3. You don't have this guy. You don't have that guy. And so, of course, he has to do that. He has to be more dominant with the ball, more than he already is. But uh, now that things are kind of getting back to the norm in Houston, you see that they're playing, you know, better as a team. I like that. I like that. And just for our listeners out there, too, if you can, like I said, I'm, I'm, I've never been a big advocate of the four-letter network. But the stuff Tracy McGrady and Scottie Pippen are doing there on the jump, and the Kobe Bryant and Tracy McGrady interview, if you can, man, catch that. That is, that's some good stuff. Yeah. Just, 
So here's the quote from LeBron James. Now, to give a little context, Harrison Barnes was traded to the Sacramento Kings with Big yeah. Zebo and Justin Jackson. Mid-game. Mid-game. Yeah. So in response, this is what LeBron James says. He says, so let me guess. This is cool because they had to do what was best for the franchise. That's right. Traded this man while he was literally playing in the game and had zero idea. I'm not knocking who traded him because it's a business and you have to do what you feel is best. But I just want this narrative to start to get real change and not when a player wants to be traded or leaves a franchise that he is selfish or ungrateful as a player. But when they trade, wave, release, cut, etc., etc., it's best for them. I'm okay with both, honestly. Truly, I am. Just call a spade a spade. Hmm. LeBron James used Harrison Harrison Barnes to push his platform and excuse his his behavior. (laughs) Of course. That was his trump card. He got a way out. That was a get out of jail free for LeBron. He's like, oh, let me hurry up and write about this so I can even the odds. Exactly. And you know what happens when you do things hastily, Jordan? What's that, Chris? You are oftentimes very wrong. There you go. Because do you know what truly happened with Harrison Barnes, Jordan? No. No, actually, I don't. Harrison Barnes and his agent confirmed that they were informed prior to the game that he could potentially be traded during the game. He opted to play rather than sit. Hmm. There you go. Well, Hmm. pie in the face, like I said earlier. LeBron James, pie in the face. And I've always said this. Like, you're a fan of Derrick Rose. But as a fan of Derrick Rose, I hope that you're balanced enough to understand that Derrick Rose has said several several not-so-intelligent things over the course of his career. But because he's Derrick Rose, he's he's raked over the coals for it. Because he's Derrick Rose, and it doesn't always come out eloquently. Yeah. And I've also contested over the years that LeBron James has said just as many, if not more, idiotic things as Derrick Rose, but because LeBron James has such a fan base uh, and of followers and subjects to the king that he gets away with saying very, very questionable and idiotic things. Yeah, of course. And here's another. Here's another. Throw this shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> You're pushing your agenda, James, and you use Harrison Barnes for it. Harrison Barnes knew he could have potentially been traded. He was warned. They said, hey, you want to sit it out? He said, no, I want to play. So the zero idea thing, you can shove that back in your pocket. He knew. But I get it. You want Anthony Davis to come there and you don't want him to be vilified for. You don't want to be vilified for wanting to, uh, you know, come and play with you guys over in L.A. Play with his old boy, Brian Brown. Okay. Fine. But, yeah, so 
let's just be careful what we say out here in these streets, fellas. KD, LeBron, you know, there, there's, there's more well thought out ways of handling these situations. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Don't, don't put your foot in your mouth. Know the facts first. Get the facts. Your wife wants to know if you want Panda Express. How in the world did you see that text message? Because she sent it to Seos and not to you. Oh, I forgot. I'm still on the Seos. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, that's what happens when you put your foot in your mouth. See, now I'm just like LeBron. Tell her I said yes. Uh, yeah, I will be getting Panda Express. Will I be getting Panda Express? Uh, uh, I, I love orange chicken. Mm. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll, I'll let her know if she wants to get you some Panda Express or not, but uh, as we're as we're recording, I don't I don't know if she wants to actually buy something for the, the whole crew. Oh dear. Yes. My uh, my dear compadre would like to know would you like to buy him some Panda Express? Who is this dear compadre you speak of? <laughs> it is Chris. <laughs> oh. Well how would he receive said food? Apparently you're going to get Panda Express. What would you like, Chris? <laughs> So we're going to do some on-air ordering. I just want <laughs> orange chicken and rice. Orange chicken and rice. Uh, preferably what kind of rice, Chris? Would you like white steamed rice, brown rice, chow mein? Or the fried rice. With the, uh, ah, fried rice. Okay. So I am acting like I'm writing all of this down right now. Fried rice, orange chicken, and what else? It seems like I'm not going to get this. Oh, uh, did I say that? No, no one actually said that, but um, it's actually true. You're probably not going to receive what you requested, sir. Uh-oh. I'm getting, I'm getting a, a bad vibe here. The queen, <laughs> the queen has spoken! Uh-oh. Stay out podcast, sorry. Uh, we uh, we got a little on the air ordering going on, and uh, doesn't seem to be going well for Chris. Okay, I think Chris is going to remember this for the rest of his life. It's quite uh, sad. It is. It's good though. Good for you. A single tear is coming down my eye. Oh boy! All right. There's local tissues that you can use for your tears of sadness, but the food um. It's located at your local Panda Express. I don't know if you have one near you, but... Uh, oh, God. Brutal. Man. Yeah. Getting treated like Eric Benet out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Well, hey, you know what? I know what will do your heart good. The Grub Report. I, I, don't, I don't even know if I'm feeling it at this point. <laughs> Oh my god, that was funny. That was unexpected and funny at the same time. I'm sorry, Chris. Maybe uh, we can all get together and go to Panda Express one day. It's, it's, it's okay. 
It's okay now. <laughs> so the Grub Report is up on us. <laughs> so we have a multifaceted Grub Report today. And let's kick it off with a, a battle that needs to be had. Popeyes versus KFC. Now, this can take place in any form or fashion. Um, we can do it categorically. We can say, okay, who has the best chicken? And I would say Popeyes. Far more flavorful. The spicy options are delicious. The pieces are bigger, and it's still real chicken. Also, the yeah. tender and things like that. And if you go to a good Popeyes and it's cooked clean, it tastes oh, tasty. Yeah. Thank it's you, good. thank you for saying that, because that 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 I think is, is is a huge difference, even between just Popeyes in itself. If you go to one where they, they are cooking good, clean, fresh meals. Oh, you're going to get some good chicken. You get chicken anyway, but you're going to get some good chicken. <laughs> no, not, and it's not to knock KFC. KFC has good selections. Uh, but the flavor on Popeye's chicken just surpasses what KFC offers. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I, I, I don't know. It's something about the chicken commercials. I mean, I'm, I'm not really feeling the kernel over, you know, uh, the... the, the the, the, the lady who, who represents Popeyes, I think I trust her a little bit more with my chicken. Oh, yeah, that, that Popeyes lady. If wifey ever slipped, that Popeyes lady is next in line. You better stop. <laughs> Louisiana Spice. <laughs> and, and nothing more beautiful than a nice Louisiana Spicy woman with a, with a box full of Popeyes and an apron. Are we talking about chicken? Yes. All right. <laughs> Secondly, the menu options, and I'm going to give the nod here to KFC. I think KFC does a little better with what their chicken is. Um, they're, they're not that far behind as far as flavor, but and the menu options they have are great. They, they aren't sporadic with their $5 boxes. They keep the, the, the boxes around in different forms and varieties. They have sandwiches. They have tenders. They occasionally bring out some other things. They have the grilled options. They have, you know, the crispy, all of that, the Nashville hot. There's several different options. And it makes KFC a, a little more appealing if you want something a little different. I agree with that. The, the the Nashville hot is very good with the pickles and uh, the other one, the gold. Uh, that that is some very good uh, flavor. Um, I believe their selections are a little bit better. I do agree with that. They kind of hang around a little bit more too. I if Popeyes had a more, how can I put this? If they just kept some of the things that they come out with promotional wise, uh, I would give the edge to them because uh, recently. Well, not too long ago, they uh, came out with the uh, boneless tenders or boneless uh, nuggets. It's kind of like chicken nuggets, but extremely oh, yeah, boneless wings. Boneless wings, yeah. Those those were really really good. You know, you get a nice dipping sauce, and you go to town in a twelve piece or a twenty piece. Like those are extremely good. Um, 
I do like my red beans and rice. I do like the mashed potatoes and gravy. I do like the uh, the uh, Cajun rice. I mean, they they have some good selections, but I have to agree with you that there's a there's a I, I get there's a little bit slighter edge to KFC's uh, wide variety of selections that you can get from there. So I, I'm with you on that. You prefer the mashed potatoes and gravy at Popeyes? Oh yeah, yeah. The mashed potatoes and gravy at Popeyes tastes a little bit better than me than uh, the KFC. They put like four objects in their mashed potatoes and gravy. <laughs> Those are called herbs and spices, man. Stop trying to uh, stop trying to scare me. And Popeyes mashed potatoes and gravy, I have found things. They put foreign objects in there. They put uh, peppers, keychains, anything you name it can be put in This man said keychains. You know what? The red, the red beans and rice, by far, of the two, is the best side by far between any of the two. Everything else after that goes to KFC. Wow. Except okay. except the fries. The Cajun Have fries. Have you tried the Cajun rice? Yes. You don't like it? It's it's okay, but it's not better than like KFC's mashed potatoes and gravy, uh, KFC's corn, KFC's um, green beans, KFC's mac and cheese. All those things are in front of that rice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. And the wow. fries are right there, right behind the red beans. I think Popeye's fries are a little better than KFC's wedges, but it's, that's a close one. You know what? Maybe it's just me, because I feel like when I was younger, I used to love, love, love KFC. And it's the same thing with... Uh, another Mexican food, and not to go off into the left field, but I, I, I feel the same way about... Peppies versus Coca-Colas. Like, when I was younger, I used to kill Peppies. I used to think Peppies was the best thing in the world. And now that I've been exposed to more authentic Mexican food, I feel like Peppies is like, nah. You know, I think that's the same way with Popeyes and KFC. KFC is still good. It still holds its own. But to me, Popeyes just is on another level. Since you, since you touched on it, try the Peppies on Indianapolis Boulevard. Peppies on Indianapolis Boulevard. Okay. And they had it like me growing up, I thought Peppies was cool, and then as I got older, Peppies always seemed dry to me. Very right. dry. That, that, that's, that, 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 that's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. But the Peppies on Indianapolis is not dry. I'm telling you, the tacos are moist, good flavor, uh, good lettuce and tomato ratio. You can get the flour, you know, crud, I mean, the flour shells and everything. So that Popeyes is solid, and it's pretty authentic. It's, it's one of the more authentic. I mean, not Popeyes, Peppies. One of the more authentic Peppies that I've I've been to. That went on Indianapolis Boulevard, and actually, I think it's like a block away from the Popeyes. Okay, so you can give you get a double dose of heart attack. I like it. Hey, if you have a heart attack, have a real one. We only do the best. We do the best food and the best heart attacks. Now, between Popeyes and KFC, we, this is the age-old battle, right? I think we pretty much have, have uh, most people would agree with our evaluation for the most part of the chicken. 
and the menu options and sides. Here's yeah. the real battle, and uh, it's the biscuits. <laughs> oh boy! Popeyes <laughs> biscuits versus KFC's biscuits. I, I I don't I don't see this as any sort of competition. KFC's biscuits are not; they don't stand out to me. Popeye's biscuits, as much as people like to claim how dry they are, you know, I've seen videos on social media of guys killing themselves because they couldn't get to the water fast enough when they down a biscuit from Popeye's. You know, Popeye's biscuits are actually very good when you get them when they're when they're hot. When they're right out of the light, out of that hot heat light or whatever you call it, those things are some of the best things to eat. The butter, oh my goodness. And then when you open it up, because you know it's, it's easy to open up, you cut it, you open up in half, and you put that, that, that Popeye's honey that they give you, which I have to always ask for like three or four because they're very stingy with the honey. You get you put that honey on it, let it kind of marinate into the into the, the crevices of the of the biscuit. Oh my goodness. It is the best. So I disagree with people's assumption that Popeye's biscuits are bad. Maybe after they cools off, but that just that just tells you you gotta make sure you eat it first. You gotta eat the eat the biscuits right away. Have you ever gone to a Popeye's where they double butter the biscuits? Don't you don't don't you don't don't tip me. Don't, don't you dare tempt me, Chris. And you can see it's almost like a butter bathtub ring around your biscuit. Oh, Chris. Chris. Skip. <laughs> come on, Chris. Like, come on. Chris. Skip. <laughs> that, that's just, that, that's, that's, that, that almost seems like paradise. That, that's just too good to be true. I must find this place. It is. I mean, they're, they're rare. And I can't remember the last one, so I've had a double butter one. But you got to go to the hood for that. We'll, we'll get to that shortly, too. Yeah. But I, I didn't think I would have anybody in my corner when I think that Popeye's biscuits, biscuits are better. Oh, yeah. they're, they're more biscuity. KFC's biscuits are very, very cake-like. And in my opinion, because of the cake-like nature of a KFC biscuit, that's more likely to be a choking hazard than a Popeye's biscuit. Because yeah. that, that dough sticks in the back of your mouth. Oh, yeah. But I will say this. Each restaurant's biscuits are fitting for the restaurant. KFC's biscuit is designed in such a way where it goes great with their mashed potatoes and gravy. I agree. I agree. I do remember that. It goes great with it. Yep. But Popeye's, Popeye's biscuits are more of a standalone entity. I can order six Popeye's biscuits when well buttered, and that can be a standalone. Whereas KFC's biscuits are what they what they are, a side, an assistant yeah. food. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a food spoon. You dip a little, put a little uh, mash and gravy on the edge of that thing, scoop it up with the biscuit, and then you go to work. Exactly. So, I think we both agree that Popeye's biscuits are slightly better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
and uh, don't forget the grape jelly too. I, I do want to mention uh, uh, my honey is number one when it comes to the Popeyes b biscuits. But if, if, just, if it just so happens that they don't have honey at the location, because sometimes for whatever reason they either have one or the other. I don't know why they just don't have both at every every location. But uh, if you go to the hood, then you you usually get the grape packets. Get the grape jelly and put that bad boy on there too. It's life. And I think Chick-fil-A may be using Popeye's biscuits or their recipe for their chicken biscuits. Really? I think so. At least the one I went to. I went to one in Orland once. Well, more than once. Because once I found out the biscuit was very Popeye's delicious, I went back. But I went to Orland and their biscuit was buttery and very Popeye's-ish. You know how you say you can break a Popeye's biscuit very easily in half? Almost perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. They did that, and then they set that spicy chicken patty on there. <laughs> God. Oh, this is why we love this part of the podcast. Yeah. It's almost like you have to, uh... Well, so our, our final tally is Popeye's with a slight edge. Because they have the better flavor in chicken and a slightly better biscuit, even though KFC has very good menu options. And really, you can't go wrong with either. Can't go wrong. You can eat them whether you're in jeans or in a tux. Absolutely. Just be careful. Our other grub report segment is favorite hood foods favorite hood foods now if you want to divulge a spot for your hood foods that's fine by me but just the general I go to the hood I gotta get this and it has to be purchased in the hood like if you try to get it downtown you know they're gonna botch it you try to go yeah. to like a quote unquote classy neighborhood you know they're gonna botch it it has to only, it can only be purchased and properly done in hood environments. Yeah. So, Jordan, what you got? Oh, I got a couple of things. My first thing, and I'm pretty sure, and, and it would be good if all those listeners out there are actually from the hood so they'll know what we're talking about. But if you're not, it's okay. Just try to venture your way on into uh, the south side of Chicago. Make sure to wear a bulletproof vest first. And, uh, Look out for the blue lights. But uh, if you want to go to the hood, the first thing I suggest is to go to any corner store, food, liquor, whatever. If it has food and liquor or milk or, or dairy on the sign, go in that boy and see if they have flaming Hots and they can open up the bag and put meat and cheese in it. Now, that was a staple for me growing up. I would always, always, whether it be after service or just, just after playing basketball, whatever the case may be, I would go to any any corner store in the hood and get my flaming Hot Cheetos or Cheetos and, and, and double down on that meat and cheese. Sometimes add jalapenos to it if they got jalapenos, but you got to get chips with meat and cheese. You know these highfalutin suburban schools and stores and gas stations are trying to do this now? It originated in the Chi-Town Hood corner stores. 
And that's where you got the, the best of it. Those that's right. Best results. I don't I don't buy food like hot food from gas stations. I don't can't no, no, I'm not doing it. So and I've <laughs> always been bougie like that. The corner store, see, we used to do the Doritos. So the the guy, I'll never oh, forget yeah. in the school down 79th Street, he called everybody boss man. They was I having a boss man. Yep. And you would he would get those Doritos. For twenty five cent back when little bags were twenty five cent, oh my God. and crack pop that boy open, and he put that hot cheese in there for a dollar or for a dollar twenty five. You get the cheese and the meat. Ooh man! Oh See, boy! Now these uh, well to do folks want to call it a walking taco. Yeah. Well, well to do <laughs> la di da folks <laughs> well, la di da we just call it uh, uh, Cheetos and Doritos in a bag with cheese right <laughs> call it what it is and Jordan what did you do when you got to that last Cheeto or that last chip man look I would I would close the bag and try to slide all that cheese and meat up to the top yeah <laughs> You would squeeze every last bit of flavor and juice and liquid out of that boy and go to town. <laughs> just, just toothpaste that boy all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what's up, man. I wanna, I'm going I'm to go make that now. I'm going to go <laughs> to Food for Less and get me a, a big bag and just dump cheese in it. Doesn't sound like a bad idea to me. Get you some ground turkey, some ground beef or whatever. Especially since mm-hmm. I'm not going to get no Panda Express. Oh, oh. <sighs> yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Sorry. I don't forget. <laughs> I don't forget. <laughs> I never forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Meat and cheese with chips. Meat and cheese with chips. Well, my my hood food is this and and you can buy it frozen in a grocery store if you want and even the most hood of people can't even make it the way it's made in a hood restaurant you can try to get it from some sub place downtown all you want but you won't find it the same because and even now most of these restaurants have tried to use the beef option instead of the pork and it doesn't taste the same and that's pizza puff oh Nothing beats a good hood pizza puff. You know you got a good hood pizza puff when this happens, right? You got your you got your brown paper bag or your white paper bag, and even in a brown paper bag, that orange grease comes out. Oh, the the the, the cyanide, yeah. Oh my god, yes. Orange grease comes out, and then you have you have two kinds of two kinds of restaurants, and I always had beef. Uh, or problems or issues with the restaurants that did the the puff on top of the fries and then they pour the sauce over everything. I like my puff yep. be separate in a pouch. But yep. I learned to love I learned to love the tray with the fries and everything because that 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 puff with the mild sauce on top underrated, underrated. <sighs> a nice oh. standalone puff with a fry with some pepper and mild sauce on it. Can't you can't just go anywhere and get that man? You can't just go anywhere. You need to go to the hood, 
need to risk life and limb and go to some sub place <laughs> that's that's named after a, a black guy's daughter, but don't know black guy work in there. And you need to just go in there and, and get you a piece of puff and fry. Oh God. Uh, you 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 making me reminisce, man. That's all I ever used to eat when I was in high school. My my high school days were filled with going to the lunchroom, and if I had a little bit of money, because you know they they give you the normal menu, and I actually went to high school where you could go out and eat lunch. You know, I was at Kenwood, so we would be in the Hyde Park area. We had all types of restaurants at our disposal. But whenever I would stay in and go to the cafeteria, brother, Pizza Puff was on the menu all the time. So I grabbed that puppy. What I would do, I had a strategy. I would nibble on the top. I would eat in, you know, nice, flaky, crusty. Oh, man. Take off the top of it. Bite off the top of it. So then the uh, top opening would be, you know, where the meat was. It would expose the meat. And then I just line it up with the barbecue sauce or the mild sauce and continue to eat and keep and keep lining it up with the barbecue sauce as I went down. So it was almost like a typewriter. Like I would just ding, 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 and then be done. And then, okay, then the next meat that was exposed, I put some more sauce on. Like I had a strategy, bro. And it, it was it was divine every single time. Yeah. Yeah. You went to Kenwood, huh? So you're a weirdo. You know what? I'm, I'm, we 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 not gonna we not gonna do this, bro. We not gonna do this. Okay. All right. I I digress. We already we already uh, uh, with the Cubs and the White Sox. Don't don't get started with high schools. Oh, my high school was whack, so it's it's no big deal. Doesn't even exist. I'll say this. I, I will say this. I, I enjoyed my time in high school. But like I just kind of stated, the main reason why I loved Kenwood was because we had open lunch. We had off-campus lunch, and we were in the heart of where everything was. Back before they built it up and made it all spiffy and stuff, it was still nice. You, you had your KFC across the street. You had your jerk spot across the street. You had the original Pancake House, McDonald's. You had a lot of different spots that we used to hit up you know, on lunch. And, of course, you know, every now and then I'd take an extended lunch and I'd cut bad days but anyway yeah it was it was really 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 good that's what's up so now when we go to the hood you know what we're looking for there's other options you can always throw in there man i mean if you right. if you're in the mexican hood you can catch a good burrito those are way better than some of the the high profile restaurant burritos a hood burrito Usually bigger. It's usually stuffed with more ingredients. They know yeah. how to make it well. Um, you know, one thing I found though is if you find you a good Walmart, it's not at every one. A decent Walmart, they make those pork puffs, pork pizza puffs. They put them in the pouch, and they're not bad. They're not is this bad. is this made made to eat? Or are you talking about frozen? No, they make where they serve the hot food at the Walmarts. Okay, so we, we have a Walmart right here on Torrance, but uh, I've never ventured into any area in Walmart where that they might one, have that. I might have to look a little harder and see. That serves hot food. That Walmart serves hot food. Oh man, you didn't. You didn't on Torrance, right this. off the expressway. Yes, they serve hot food and they don't do a bad job. I've had a puff from them. They don't do a bad job. 
Okay. Okay. It, it, it's on. It's on. Yeah, I think they have diabetics cooking, which is always a good thing. Yeah, you got to have somebody that actually is near death making fast food because they know exactly how good it is. Yes. Yes, they've spent they spent a lifetime uh, raising their cholesterol score <laughs> just so just so you can eat better. Exactly. Exactly. Working out. I'm out here trying to uh, fry these puffs. <laughs> <laughs> but now you know what we're looking for when we're in the hood. Uh, we'll both eat some KFC. But if you just want some chicken for the flavor, get you some red beans and rice and a good biscuit, go to Popeye's. Popeye's is just so blasted high. And they don't keep consistent menu items. KFC, they they'll they'll test something out. And if people if the people love it, if the people like it, they keep it. Popeyes will get you hooked and then just get rid of it for like two years. Yeah, that's what kind of bothers me. Yeah, man. You can't you can't stay addicted to Popeyes. KFC is just like, oh, we got you. We got you in our vortex. <laughs> So, we've had a great show. Yes, Another sir. Of the legendary Stay House podcast. Panda Express is whack. Hey, man. It's, it's we'll, 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 we'll make amends, bro. We'll, we'll get out. We'll go to Whisk or we'll, we'll, we'll go to Panda as a family, man. We'll, 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 we'll do something for you off air. I'm sorry. In behalf of my wife, I am sorry. <laughs> and then and then she uses the fake British accent. Look, <laughs> Jordan Jordan's wife is not British. Okay? Not in the least bit. Not in the least. Alright. She's she's slightly less hood than Jordan, but not by much. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I must admit. My wife more gangster than me, so I don't care. <laughs> but yeah thanks for joining us y'all I've been Chris been here with Jordan it's been a blast I'll let y'all later alright y'all